Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. It's Imad and Audrey with you. You must have heard about that staggering $2.8 billion money laundering case that rocked Singapore in 2023. Yes, an extensive web of people and companies with billions in assets was uncovered in that case, which has been dubbed the largest money laundering case on our shores. Alleged dirty money was funneled through various sectors, including the banking and property markets, to disguise the profits of crime as bona fide earnings. A slew of changes have since been made to collectively address concerns related to illicit financial activities. But for more on how businesses can mitigate the risk of money laundering more effectively, we're joined by Charles Poon. He's the co-founder and chief products officer of Handshakes. That's a company which specializes in corporate intelligence solutions and due diligence. Charles, a pleasure to have you on breakfast. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me here. We're happy to have you on. Lots to unpack here. Let's start with the recent money laundering case has brought the spotlight back on what really is a global issue. So based on your experience in due diligence and as a regulator, what are some red flags, some key signs that companies and businesses need to look out for when it comes to keeping an eye out for money laundering activities? Wow, uh, that's a very good question. The red flags can really come from you know anywhere throughout the life cycle of a relationship with a customer, for example. Mm. Um, so at the point of onboarding, you need to establish you know the identity and verify the identity of that customer. And if information is not congruent, um, that may be a sign, you know, whether or not there may be omission to hide the true status of of the customer that you're dealing with, or it could be you know a faked up identity that you need to be very careful of. They all could also be hiding the fact that they could be a sanctioned entity that has been sanctioned by a government or international organization. So you would definitely want to run those names through screening services mm. to make sure that they're not on those lists. But even be, uh, beyond the entity itself, you want to look at the surrounding network of relationships and associates that is associated with that entity because very often the bad actors don't uh, reveal themselves directly to you but often layer themselves through very normal looking fronts. And so therefore, the indirect connections, the ultimate controllers are the ones that you'll be very interested in to look out for as well and to establish assurances that you know, no bad actors are hiding behind the layers there. And even after you've onboarded the customer, it's a continuous process because very often they establish very legitimate looking um, businesses and they establish a customer relationship first with you. But subsequently, then they may flip that over or the syndicates may actually take over very you know, normal looking businesses. So even after you've onboarded a customer, you need regular checks, you need regular monitoring to mm. make sure that who you've onboarded continues to be the same one doing business with you after. So these are all the different areas things can go wrong. All right, Charles, uh, this segues quite nicely into my next question. So regular monitoring is required, and I guess that's where Handshakes comes in. It's developed a relationship analysis tool for use in background checks and due diligence. Could Mm. you elaborate on how that works and what kind of information it can generate? Yeah, actually, um, our services and products do not just focus on the continuing monitoring. Mm. Um, We have various services that try to support all the different parts of the due diligence process I described earlier. One of the key areas in which we we try to distinguish ourselves is actually in the indirect risk analysis beyond the first layer. 
And that's usually where we find your experience the hardest to do in the due diligence process. Because mm. say you go to a bank and you apply for a loan, you're already required to submit your own identity and your own application details. But who's behind you? That's a lot harder to find out. Um, actually, that's where handshakes uh, derive its names because you know, we track the connections of the social network around the company, around the person that you're doing business with. So we're tracking the handshakes in the market. And we visualize that into a very intuitive interface to actually see your social network visually and allow you to actually see how people and companies are connected together. Mm. And then you can actually see the sphere of influence and what actually goes on behind the scene. Um, and that gives you a lot more confidence in doing business um, with who you're dealing with. Yeah, so Charles, you talked about the social networks. The words vast and tangled web seems to be a running theme in a lot of these money laundering cases. So trying mm-hmm. to pinpoint the connections between individuals and companies and identifying the missing links in money laundering cases are very challenging. So what complexities or hurdles do you find most prominent in cases? Yeah, one of the biggest value add that we give to our clients is to try and take away 90% of the effort that they traditionally would have invested in trying to piece together the information itself and allow our customers to focus on the real value add of analytical work. So the biggest challenge in taking away that grunt work and preparing the data and piecing together the data is really trying to stitch together the, the data from different sources because they're never consistent. They're never reported in the same point in time. So there's a lot of cleaning up and a lot of consistency that you have to stitch together. And it's a real challenging problem. I mean, the child's spoon is known by a certain identity in Singapore. You know, I may use a different identifier um, when I'm in Malaysia or I may use my Chinese name in China. All these things add up and we are actually taking all that pain away from our customers. All right, Charles, uh, as with any case that involves a rather wide network of individuals, experts have always adopted a follow-the-money approach. But beyond merely following the movements of money, what other aspects are important that you think should be looked into? It's interesting you say that because throughout this conversation, if you notice, I've never really focused on following the money, (laughs) but rather establishing the credibility, Mm. the identity, and the comfort in the network of individuals in that network. Because the money flows through nodes which are compromised in the network, right? But if you are able to establish that these are bona fide entities that you're dealing with, that Mm. gives you the extra level of comfort. That even if something is not going wrong today, um, as long as you've established the identity, there are trustworthy entities that you can deal with and you repeat that process over time to maintain that assurance, then you have a better confidence on top of just following the money. So establishing identity is crucial to reducing this risk. That's something that shouldn't be overlooked. You spoke on this, but can you drive home on why having visibility is so important to businesses? How does this knowledge empower them to safeguard against these potential threats? Well, it's all about making informed decisions and taking a risk-based approach on how much risk you want to take when you deal in business transactions. And all this, at the end of the day, is about loss avoidance, right? When you end up being implicated in a money laundering incident, um, your reputation takes a hit. And uh, before I came on, you guys were talking about a company that took a big reputation hit for unrelated incident, but you can see how the effects of that. Some businesses are highly regulated and your licenses may, may be in danger of being revoked or banned. Even if you're an individual professional, I mean, you may be subjected to professional licensing and, and regulation as well. And all those, um, your career may be at stake in those things. So loss of evidence is, is something very important. And being able to make informed decisions with you know, as comprehensive a set of information as possible, it's, it's always the ideal state you want to be at. 
Yeah. Charles, uh, with the world getting more digitalized and interconnected, what are the safeguards that companies must put in place in order to ensure they don't fall prey to money laundering activities? Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's getting harder and harder simply because digitization and globalization actually makes doing business so much more easier on a global scale and a larger scale across countries and jurisdiction. Um, and it's round the clock now. So in the past where we would have been able to get away with spot checks from time to time or only at certain parts of the life cycle, uh, we're progressively seeing the market moving more and more towards around the clock perpetual um, monitoring and KYC simply because the transactions can happen uh, two o'clock in the morning at our time zone, right? but somebody else in the world is waking up and, and doing business um, and so on and so forth. So we are looking at ways in which we can actually repeat the same principles of seeking assurance, but scaling them up with technology and repeating that throughout, uh, constantly throughout the whole relationship. So it's perpetual KYC that we're moving towards too. Okay, and I guess something that would help you in your cause towards that is harnessing the power of AI, perhaps, to improve the speed at which you can extract better quality insights. Um, and I ask this especially in the age where the amount of data you have access to grows, and obviously clients' timeframes have shortened as well. Mm, yes, for sure. Um, it's, it's actually a very core part of the capability that we have, but we don't sell ourselves as an AI company per right. se, but more the end result. But yes, certainly AI permeates every part of our capability that we provide. Mm to our clients in terms of processing and organizing the data, making sense of it, extracting the relevant information from, say, for example, news to, to detect whether or not a piece of news is adverse and whether or not your name is mentioned in there, and to even uh, making um, advanced analysis on risk calculation. Um, all that can involve various forms of technologies, including AI, and we certainly employ that across the chain. All right, Charles, some great insights you've shared this morning. Thanks for navigating us through the complexities of money laundering risks and uh, outlining the crucial role of information visibility in enhancing risk mitigation. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you. My pleasure. We've been speaking with Charles Poon, co-founder and chief products officer of Handshakes. That's a data tech company that specializes in corporate intelligence solutions and due diligence. That was your morning shot for today. Stay with us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.